If you have your Bibles tonight, <clears throat> if you would turn please to the Gospel of Luke, and it's Luke chapter uh, 18, and we've been using the first verse of this chapter over the uh, the previous weeks just as an introduction to the series here that we're looking at on prayer. But tonight, <clears throat> I want to read a few more verses, uh, just verses 1 to 8, and go into the parable that the Lord told in the context of prayer. So if you have your Bibles, it's found in Luke, uh, Luke's Gospel, <clears throat> excuse me, Luke's Gospel, chapter 18, and verse 1. Luke's Gospel, chapter 18. <clears throat> Luke's Gospel, chapter 18, and verse 1. Amen. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not faint, saying, There was in a city a judge, which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, because, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith upon the earth. Tonight we're going to look, again, you'll excuse me, my throat just dries up every time I go to speak at the moment. I think it's all the dust from next door, but... I know the Lord will undertake, but we're going to speak um, on this, continuing on in the series of prayer, and uh, tonight, this particular area concerning prayer, uh, the intercessor. We're going to be looking at uh, intercession over this week and next week and possibly the following week. It, it requires more than just uh, one night because it's such a vital, it's such a vital gift in the church today. And, and it needs to be stirred. It needs to be awakened. We need a fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost upon the church of Jesus Christ. We need an anointing upon the gift of intercession. It is one of those great and vital gifts, especially in a time of crisis, especially in a time when there are, 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 is a great falling away, a great apostasy. We see the laws that are coming, the turmoil, the perilous times have come. But we must know that there are gifts within the body of Christ distributed there by the power of the Holy Ghost. And those particular gifts that are given into the body must be stirred and awakened uh, for their purpose in this time, the gift of intercession. I believe it's a gift that God has given into the church of Jesus Christ. And it is absolutely crucial. And if you uh, read over church history, uh, and you read over times, great uh, crises have come, the nations, the lands, right through church history, right in to the Old Testament, right through the scriptures, you'll find that uh, it was at times like this that men, women, laid hold of the Lord and begin to intercede on the behalf of nations, of peoples, of kings, or even in personal circumstances, or for individuals. 
but they would lay hold of the Lord and they would begin to intercede on their behalf. And so this this topic, as we look at it, is such a crucial gift in, in the church of Jesus Christ. And we know that more than any other gift that I believe that the enemy would oppose is that gift of intercession, that intercessory prayer. When we come to this topic, it's not about elitism, it's not about levels of people, but it is about the power of the Holy Ghost laying hold of a grouping of people, a body, a local assembly, or or a remnant of people, and through that remnant begins the Spirit of God to work and to bring forth the will and the purpose of God. It is like the birth and it is like the birth and chamber of the church. And so when God, by the power of his spirit, lays hold of that body and that body begins to pray in intercession and begins to, uh, the old term that the old saints would use would be the term pray through. In other words, that they were going to reach in, pray on, pray through until they touched God and they touched heaven on the behalf of the circumstance, the person, the people, the town, the nation, whatever that may be. We know prayers, intercessory prayers, have changed the course of world wars. We we know that intercessory prayers has stayed the hand of judgment upon nations. It is one of those most powerful uh, realities and one of those most powerful privileges that the church has And largely in this hour, sadly, in the crisis that we have come to, this particular gift in lies dormant. It it largely lies unused. And yet it is such a vital gift for the church today, more than ever before. That gift, that anointing, that, that intercessory prayer is needed today to cry unto the Lord between the porches and the altar, to get before the throne of grace, to pray through, to touch heaven, and to believe God. And so, friend, tonight as we look at this vital this this vital part of prayer, it's in the prayer umbrella, if you like, but it's a vital part of prayer, then we we must we must again come and, and confess even in ourselves because the worst thing that we could try to do is make this happen or to try in some way in our flesh to stir up uh, to try and make uh, 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 make up intercessory prayer, but we need the Spirit of God to work through us. That's what intercessory prayer is. When the Holy Ghost, not man and his opinion or his intellect, or even trying to pray like what the old saints prayed like, but it is when the Holy Ghost lays hold of us and begins to pray through us, and we're carried by the Spirit of God, and we begin to pray in that intercessory prayer. And, you know, our prayer here really is for this small assembly here in Ballinahinch, that really the primary function of our gathering as we come together, and this is the heart, the vision of this work, is that it would become a really an upper room, a place where we really do business in the place of prayer. Now, I don't mean that in, a, in, a, in any shape or form of any type of, to, to elevate anything of ourselves. Actually, it's the opposite, because it's when, our, when the people of the Lord humble themselves, when we get down to the low place, 
and we begin to intercede, allow the Spirit of God to intercede through us, then we really begin, really begin to do business with God in the spiritual realm. So tonight, if, if you have your Bibles, it's Romans chapter 8. If we turn over there, we've read the parable. We'll come to that in a moment. But Romans chapter 8 and verse 26, we see here the intercession that Paul talks of. Romans 8 and 26. And just pray tonight as we're going through this that God would stir us. That, that, that I believe if you're available, if you're open for the spirit of prayer to come upon us, you know, God will touch your heart, young or old. God will just lay his hand upon that heart to bring us into a place of intercessory prayer as a body. Friends, things really happen when the church really begins to pray in the place of intercession. Romans 8 and 26, likewise, the Bible says, The Spirit also helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit, capital S, that's the Holy Spirit itself, maketh intercession for us. The intercession of the Spirit of the Lord with us, in us, for us, with groanings, the Bible says, which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and to them that are called according to the purpose of of the Lord. I want to read the, the same verses again, if I could, uh, from the Amplified Version, just to expound it a little bit, to expand it for us to grasp it. But the Amplified Version says, in the same way, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, comes to us and helps us in our weakness. We do not know what prayer to offer or how to offer it as we should, but the Spirit Himself knows our need, and at the right time intercedes on our behalf with sighs and groanings. Listen to these words. Too deep for words. There is a deeper place that we're brought to in intercession by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because the Spirit intercedes before God on behalf of God's people in accordance with God's will. And we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who love God and to those who are called according to his plan and his purpose. Now, what is intercession? When we talk about intercession, a few things, just on a general sense, I want uh, you to understand what it is. First of all, intercession is part of prayer, and it's a form of prayer. There are different forms of prayer. That's another study, but there are different forms of prayer, the prayer of thanksgiving and so forth, the prayer of praise and prayer. And here we come uh, to this particular place uh, the, this whole aspect of intercession, the intercessory prayer, and this is really important because it's not about saying, let's start a group of intercessors. Let's get a, a particular group together. And it's not that that's wrong. What I mean is that it's not man inspired. The important thing about intercession is that it is Holy Spirit inspired. And so it must be of the spirit of the Lord. The, 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 the number three, it comes from a deeper place, even deeper than words. We read there that the Spirit intercedes on our behalf besides and groanings too deep for words. In other words, 
That basically, that simply means that we are taken by the Spirit of the Lord and it brings us into a deeper place of prayer. And sometimes it's not just the words, but there are groanings and sighs in the Spirit. Now that might seem strange to some because we've been so accustomed to a, a, a certain type of religious praying. But brothers and sisters, are we truly want to enter into a place with God where we are meeting God in that place of prayer, where we are touching heaven for our families and our loved ones, for our towns, for our, for our land, then we have to be willing to be taken by the Spirit of the Lord into a deeper place in prayer. It is the longing, it is honestly the longing of this heart and our hearts that this church would be taken to a deeper place in prayer. And that's the call of this church. That's the vision of this church to be taken to a deeper place in prayer, the spirit of prayer. Friends, there is nothing like it to be taken and carried by the spirit into a deeper place in prayer, the presence of the Lord, the depth that you're plunged into at that moment, out of yourself as it were, but carried by the Holy Ghost is such a wonderful thing. And there's such a responsibility with it also. So it's a deeper place. It's spirit-inspired. It's a form of prayer. But what happens is that the prayers become very focused and targeted. As I've said already, the old saints would call this praying through to God. What it is to take a need and then by the Spirit of the Lord, get into that place with God and begin to bombard, as it were, the throne of grace, a specifically targeting prayer for something, someone, or a particular circumstance, or a nation, or a town, or whatever. God then begins to, to, as it were, to burden the people in prayer, to specifically pray. And God hears that prayer. God responds with the, the groanings of that church. It is always this intercessory prayer. It is always accompanied with, on the most occasions, with fasting. In other words, there's a prayer and the fasting. It's not just simply that we've had a prayer meeting, but then there is the there is the denial of the flesh, the self, the booting down of the self-life. And then there's an entering in to a place with the Lord as the flesh is weakened and decreases so the spirit man is increased and enters into a place with the Lord. It is crucial. It is crucial for this intercessory prayer for us to also accompany that with fasting because we want to truly see the strongholds of wickedness broken, the powers of darkness driven back, and so it's important that this kind, as the Lord said, there has to be prayer and fasting. It is the most vital form, number six, of prayer. Intercessory prayer is the most vital form of prayer for true revival. We truly want to see a revival. When we think of Evan Roberts all those years ago and those group of young people that were gathered together, we've seen the spirit of the Lord coming upon those young men and women, all young in their 20s and younger. But that group of young people that gathered together with Evan Roberts and how the spirit of prayer and intercession came upon them. So intense was the groanings of God upon that youth group. Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing 
Not just because of the romance that we would think it would be, but the reality, again, the reality of revival when our young people, old people, middle-aged people are taken up by the Holy Spirit into the place of intercession by the power of the Holy Ghost, when the church really enters in to the great privilege it has in the place of prayer. But all revivals began with a time of great intercessory prayer. Friends, if we truly and we believe that God has called again and purposed this church to see a true revival across this island of Ireland for the glory of Jesus Christ. Then, friends, as we join together with many others with the same heart, a remnant right across this land, we're not the only people. We're just part of so many others that want to see a true revival in our communities. Then intercessory prayer is going to be crucial for us and the spirit of intercession to come upon the body of Christ Again, I want to stress, I don't believe that we can just make this happen, but we can ask the Lord, we can present ourselves, make ourselves available, and God, I believe the Spirit of the Lord will come upon His people again for this great task, intercessory prayer. It is by far, that is the last point, it is by far one of the greatest needs within the church today. It is by far... There are many things that the people today believe that the church needs. Well, I want to tell you by far the one thing that it needs is a people that know what it is to intercede and to pray. That's the greatest need for the body of Christ today. Now, just beginning tonight as an introduction to this, we see that Christ set forth in his ministry and his life the prime example of what intercession is really is in his life, in his prayer life, in his ministry, and even today in the chief ministry as our as our great high priest, we know that the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is interceding on our behalf. It's one of the chief ministries of Christ presently today. If you turn into Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 24, so we're setting forth our example. Our example is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. In Hebrews 7 and verse 24, the Bible tells us there, But this man, that's Jesus, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. For such a high priest became us who was holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, made higher than the heavens, who needeth not daily as as those high priests to offer up sacrifice, first for his own sins and then for the people. For this he did once when he offered up himself. Praise the Lord. Thank God tonight that we have a great high priest whose name is Jesus. Tells us in verse 25 that he ever liveth to make intercession for them. That's a wonderful truth for every believer tonight that we have a great high priest up in the glory, that there's a man up in the glory tonight whose name is Jesus, and he is seated, and he makes intercession for the saints. That's you tonight, friend. That's me. Jesus is praying and interceding on our behalf, bringing our names before the throne, the Father's throne, interceding on our behalf, a representation in heaven for us. Thank God tonight for Jesus Christ, this man, 
Thank God that he's seated. Thank God that he intercedes on our behalf. Now, there's some things that I want to talk about and focus on when it comes to our responsibility in intercession. And if we really grasped tonight these simple truths, just as we look again at the Word of God, I believe it encourages us as we're preparing our, preparing our way and going through this teaching on intercession. And I believe the timing of these messages are very important because the church will open. Make no mistake about it, the church of Jesus Christ will open again. But what will it open and what will it be? And I believe these messages are a preparation for us, even though we're small in number in Balnehenge, but for this house, for this place that God has called us to, that the preparation and these messages is to bring us into the, again that place of prayer. So let me just talk a few things tonight about intercessory prayer. Number one, I want to talk about the privilege of intercessory prayer. The privilege. If you're saved tonight, you have a great privilege for this type of prayer. And that privilege comes because we have access by faith to the grace of God, the throne of God. Now in Romans chapter 5 and verse 1, so this first point is the privilege, the privilege of intercessory prayer. Romans 5 and 1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Tonight, friends, what a privilege this is that you and I, you and I, born of the Spirit of God, have access to God. You know, that world that we were once a part of, darkened in sin and nature's night, friend, that whole world that lies in darkness, darkness tonight have not got the privilege that you and I have. It's a privilege to be able to have access to the throne of God. In Ephesians 2 and 18 it says, For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now tonight, here on this planet, in a physical body, but through faith we have access by one spirit to the Father God. That is an awesome thing. That is a privilege tonight not to be taken for granted. We must know tonight it's a great privilege, the place of prayer. In Ephesians 3 and 12 it says, In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Look at that. We have boldness, access with confidence right by the faith of him right to the Father God. And so the first thing about this is a privilege. This is a privilege that we have to pray and to intercede. The second thing is, I want us to note this because it's important, is our position in prayer. The privilege of prayer, now the position in prayer. Now Hebrews 4 and verse 14. Hebrews 4 and verse 14. I want us to see our position scripturally and in the eyes of God. May God quicken us to our hearts afresh. Hebrews 4 and 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest. I just talked about him a few minutes ago in Hebrews chapter 7. This one who ever liveth and maketh intercession for us. Seated at the right hand of God. Who's offered up himself 
as a sacrifice with his own blood he's entered into the Holy of Holies. But now we're told, seeing then that we have this great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Now verse 16 let us therefore come boldly to the throne, onto the throne of grace, that we might obtain mercy, find grace to help in the time of need. Here's our position as we have access, as we have access by faith into this place. We stand at the throne of grace. We have a position that we must assume. We have to enter by faith. We have to enter with boldness. We have access, we have confidence because Jesus is up in the glory and by the faith of him we can enter in. We can enter into the Holy of Holies and our position is at the throne of grace. We have a privilege, we have a position and at that throne the Bible says that we would obtain mercy, find grace to help in a time of need. In Ephesians 2 and verse 5, <clears throat> we're looking at the position here. It says, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace are ye saved, and hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ. Now we see not only our position before the throne of grace, but now we see that we're seated we're seated together in heavenly places with Christ. Now note there when we're when we're instructed that we're seated as speaking of a, of the place of victory. We have a victorious place in the Lord Jesus Christ. We're seated with him in heavenly places. And so we see the privilege, we see the position of of the believer in Christ and that those things, friends, although they may be simple and basic for us to hear, but those are the most potent, potent revelations that you can have in your Christian walk. Number one, the privilege that I have access to God. Number two, the position I have in Christ. I'm seated with him in heavenly places. I can stand at the throne of grace, find grace to help in time of need. And right at that place, we also must know that in that privilege and in that position, that there is an awesome power, the awesome power that there is in intercessory prayer. Look at 2 Corinthians and chapter 10 and verse 3. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 3. The Bible says there, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Although we're living in a body, living in a world, but we do not war after that world in the flesh. That's what Paul's saying. Our battle is not a carnal one. But look at verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So now in the privilege that we have and the position that we're in, there is an awesome power in prayer. That power in prayer is an awesome weapon and it's a warfare and it's not something of the physical in the flesh but it is mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, friend, you will agree with me tonight that in this hour we are seeing the fortified structures of wickedness 
ever increasing in size and intensity. These are the strongholds of the wicked one. They're pulled down, friends, not by so much us walking around them or marching around towns. They're pulled down when the church gets on its knees and begin to seek the face of God. They're pulled down in the spiritual realm. They're pulled down as the church is, is, is as it were, is carried by the Spirit and the revelation of our access and the revelation of our privilege and the revelation of our position in prayer and the power that there is in intercessory prayer to the pulling down of the strongholds of the wicked one. We would all be in agreement that, that tonight we know that this even this town of Ballinahinch and the surrounding areas right down the coast and right across our land that, that we know at this particular time there is a, the enormity of wickedness that's ever increasing. The spiritual wickedness that there is. The strongholds, the demonic strongholds of wickedness that is laying hold of our young people, of young lives. How the enemy has got a grip. It's a stronghold on their lives. It's the power of darkness that's working and the enemy is unleashing. But God has told us in his word that there's weapons that we have for the warfare. We must know our privilege and to have an access into the throne of grace. We must know our position in Christ. We must know that there's a power that the church can rise up with. And it's not in a natural thing. It's not in beating our chest. It's not in all the works of the flesh. But friends, it's a spiritual thing that we, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that through God we're able to pull down the strongholds of wickedness. So see our privilege. See our position. See the power that is available. Thank God that all power belongs to him in heaven and on earth. That Jesus Christ can tell us clearly tonight in his word that everything is under his feet, that it is a finished work. But we by faith must enter into that. We must come, friends, with the great privilege that we have to pray in this hour. Our position has been won for us in Christ. Thank God tonight is not a position that we're fighting to get. Thank God it's a position that we have in Jesus. We're seated with him in heavenly places above all principalities and powers and then we see the mighty power there is in intercessory prayer it pulls down the strongholds of wickedness the strongholds of the enemy the strongholds that have taken our young the strongholds of sectarianism and bigotry the strongholds of bitterness and all that we have seen in this land for hundreds of years and sectarianism whether it be orange or whether it be green. Brothers and sisters tonight it's so important that we're not entangled again with the things of this earth and the warfare that we have so often in our pastimes been engaged in. Our fight is purely a spiritual one. Our kingdom is purely a kingdom of light. The kingdom that we belong to. You know there's only two kingdoms tonight in Northern Ireland and in Ireland. There is the kingdom of God and there is the kingdom of Satan. There's only two kingdoms in this land tonight friend and we have been translated into the kingdom of his own dear son and we have a warfare that we must fight and it's not a carnal one. These 
battles that we are in, this great battle that we are in, is a battle that's been won on Calvary's tree. The victory of the cross, the power of the blood, the authority of his word, and the faith that's been given to the church through Jesus Christ. And friends, we have a responsibility to exercise our privilege to come and get the revelation of our position and to know the awesome power that there is in the place of prayer. But one thing about intercessory prayer that makes it different to other types of prayer is this. There's a perseverance in intercessory prayer by the power of the Spirit. There is a perseverance. There is a perseverance in this intercessory prayer. There is a persistence. There is a praying through. There is a continuing on. There is a touching God. There is like Jacob. There is a wrestling in the spirit. Until there is a breakthrough. Like Jacob said, I will not let you go until you touch me. Until God touches that intercessor, that people, on God until God breaks through with that answer. Because we know there's a spiritual realm and we know that there's the heavenly realm and we may not have the full revelation of that, but we do know, friends, thank God, that Jesus is up in the glory and the work is finished. Like Moses sat on the hill, thank God his arms, Jesus' arms will never grow weary. Thank God all power and all victory belongs to him but friends tonight we know we're engaged in a warfare we're here for this warfare but intercessory prayer is different from other prayers in that it, there is a persistence and a perseverance in prayer this is a this is a serious part of this type of praying and we find it in the parable that we read in Luke 18 if you go back again just as we're closing in a few moments he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray, not faint, saying there was a city, there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And now we see there's a widow in the city. Now the widow has a case. The widow has, she has something that's happening in her life that has caused great distress and has caused her to react so what is happening? This is what takes place. I shared a couple of nights ago, and I'll touch on it again, I'm sure, over these weeks. But you know, there's a reaction in this woman, just like there was a reaction in that early church when Peter was put in prison. The church responded because of what Herod was doing and the manipulation of politics, but they responded not with politics, they responded with prayer. And so we see here there is a situation in this woman's life that brings her to this unjust judge. And she says to him, avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, though I fear not God nor regard man, here's the key, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? 
I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith? Isn't that an awesome statement? When he comes, and we believe he's coming soon, but will he find this type of faith on the earth? There's a cry in intercession that is unique to intercession that plunges prayer into a deep place with God. And often it's at a time of crisis. Something has happened in the home, in the life, in the family, in the town, in the nation, or even in the world. But there is something that rises up amongst the people represented here in the widow woman that knows that they must by faith They must get to the judge. They must have their case heard. And they must have justice for what is happening. A widow, an adversary, and an unjust judge. It was her persistence that moved the unjust judge. We're not coming to an unjust judge. We're coming to him that judges righteously. We're not coming tonight the one that does not want to hear our request. The Bible tells us that his ear is always open to our cry. But the widow woman is a representation of us. And the plead or the case that she had is what we're facing today. Friends, this is an hour. Surely even in this day being marked with our houses of commons passing these laws uh, for this abortion. There might even come a time you'll not even be able to preach this or you'll be banned from preaching it. But surely, friend, is this not an hour that like the widow woman, we must take the injustice. We must take of what is happening in the spiritual realm, what has taken place in our nation, what, what is happening in our churches, what is happening amongst our young people, what is happening as the suicide is on the up. What is happening when the despair is all around us? When, Like this widow woman, she reacted. And friends, tonight, is there a reaction to us? Is there a reaction in us to the hour in which we have come? She comes to the unjust judge. And she begins to speak to him and say, in her persistent and perseverance, pressing in prayer that brought the desired outcome. It was not revenge that she sought. The wording is misused in some ways. It was not revenge that she sought, but it was justice that she sought. Personal and particular to her, she took her case to the judge and pressed him until he granted her her position. We are coming to Jesus, the one that is seated up in the glory that makes intercession for us. Thank God tonight that our names are graven on his hands and he's up in the glory tonight representing you and representing me. And we must bring those great needs that are pressing in our own lives, pressing in our own homes, pressing in our communities and pressing in our land for a revival, for a move of the Spirit of God, for the wickedness, the spiritual strongholds to be broken, the apathy, the death, the backsliddenness, Oh, friends, tonight are we hearing the response in the hearts as the Spirit of God would lay hold of us. We must react to what is happening. There has to be a reaction in the Spirit and in a prayer. It says, the Lord says, And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Friends, you've got a loved one. You've got a a town. You've got a a city. You have a nation. You have a people. 
You know, we find that all these scriptures, whether it was a king or a sick loved one, or when an army rose up against the people, they knew what it was to get before God and begin to intercede and to pray and to, pers- and to be persistent in prayer and cry out to the Lord. Oh, friends, where's the cries in our prayers? Where is the cry? You know, we can, we might perhaps be able to pray great uh, audible prayers and, and so forth, but you know, there's not a, there's not a prayer like the prayer that cries out to God. You know, may not be words that come out, but there's tears that are shed. It comes from the innermost being. You know, we, we can maybe be praying grand and lofty prayers and have all, all the language right and pray on and pray long. But friends, I want to tell you when the intercessor cries out to God from the depths of his being when the Spirit of the Lord's upon him, heaven opens and the showers of heaven come down. Friends, it's that prayer that goes beyond the intellect. It takes us into a deeper place. It plunges us into a place of sighs and groanings. Oh, that the church would be filled with sighs and groanings. That there would be a deep call on the deep. That men wouldn't be sitting in churches judging one another's prayers. How grand or what they said or what they thought. Or looking down on one another. And all that stuff that goes on in the carnality of life. That's not our battle. And friends, spiritually mature people know that. Our battle is not trying to everybody right in church our battle is to humble our hearts get to the throne of grace and begin to groan and sigh you know friends it's so important that that Corinthian church had many giftings but they were carnal and friends we might have a lot of giftings but friends it's not in the intellect it's not in the abilities of just what we can do it's when God takes us down when we humble ourselves and God plunges us into the depths of that river and intercession begins to flow oh friend i tell you when you just hear it you know it you know when it's a heart that cries out when it bursts because god has let hold of it they're not trying to impress men in prayer they're not trying to show people how they can pray oh watch me how i pray here and then you pray like me friends i don't want to pray like you and i don't want you to pray like me i want you to allow the holy spirit to get a hold of you and you just burst and then that prayer begins to come there's a cry day and night unto the lord friends when god hears that prayer he responds he he comes he he will avenge them he'll bring the victory right into that place in the place of prayer there is a a scripture that i'll close with tonight and in some ways it's a it's it's an account of what took place in the physical and in the spiritual, I suppose. But really, it, it shows what happens. And, and it's a picture of intercessory prayer. That's what I'm trying to say. In Numbers chapter 16, just as we close. Numbers 16 and verse 44. It says, And the Lord spake to Moses, saying, This is at a time of great rebellion. Get you up from among this congregation, that I may consume them, consumed them as in a moment and they fell upon their faces Moses said the iron take a censer put farther in from off the altar and put on incense go quickly into the congregation make atonement for them for there is the wrath gone out from the Lord the plague has begun now here you see it there's a judgment coming upon the people there's rebellion there's sin 
And God has set forth his judgment. You know, men have cried unto the Lord and God has heard and changed what he was about to do. Here we see it here. that God has set forth the judgment that would come because he's a righteous judge. And so Aaron, in verse 47, took as Moses commanded, ran into the midst of the congregation. Behold, the plague was begun among the people and he put incense and made an atonement for the people and he stood between the dead and the living. And the plague was stayed. And friends, that's exactly what intercession looks like. It's you and I in the place of prayer standing between the dead and the, and the living. And as we pray, it's an incense that goes up to God and God hears and God responds. Oh, that the Spirit of the Lord would take us when we get prepared for prayer. Listen, I want you to hear me tonight, friend. I want you to hear everyone that attends here, believes in here, or hearts in the work here. This is what you belong to. This is what you've given yourself for. And I know that you have done that. But friends, our focus, you know it, I know it. But our focus it must be the preparation for prayer. We must get into this place of prayer. God desperately awaken the intercession in this church to pray not just for ourselves, but to stand like Aaron stood in the gap between the dead and the living. Oh God, help us tonight. Let us not neglect our privilege. Let us not, oh God, not take up our position. Let us not neglect the great power that you've afforded us in the place of prayer. Let us not become apathetic and lazy. Laziness, you know, laziness. It's an awful sin in the church, just being lazy. There's a great work and people are lazy. Oh friend, tonight, These people were persevering, persistent in that place of prayer. Let us be persistent and persevere. And God will hear us and God will respond. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you tonight for your help, Lord, in this time. Thank you, Lord, for touching us. Thank you for your word. Pray tonight that you would continue to speak to us. Prepare us as a people. Oh, God, prepare us for prayer as an assembly, Lord. We give you thanks. We give you the glory. Bless each one that listened in tonight. Bless each home. Lord, take us to a deeper place with thee, O God. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening tonight. Praise the Lord.